Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. I went to a premiere last night, the Martin Reunion, if you're familiar with the Martin Show, but I doubt it. You're Canadian. Um, <laughs> but I talked to one of my, I saw one of my high school classmates there mm-hmm. and she just got over her second bout with COVID and she said both times put her through hell. Oh God. That was what I was worried about of getting it a second time. And I knew between, even if I got a booster, but with the antibodies from getting COVID, like at a certain point it was going to run out. Right. Yeah. And for work, we are still around people. Yes. It's not like we, we get to work from You're home. in my face right now. <laughs> and you I'm heard trying. about 80 year old Fauci. Yes, we're about to talk uh-huh. about that. Um, but, you know, going to events, there's lots of conferences still happening. Got to work. Um, and I knew, I was like, it's inevitable that I'm going to get it again. And my biggest worry was now, that I was... why would you gonna... affirm that? Uh, I think it was just like based <laughs> on practicality. Because okay. every conference I'm at, everyone else gets it. I've been the only one to not get it because of my Are antibodies. Are these conferences, do they require proof of vax or any I mean, come even one, if come it's all? Con- even though it's the conference, there's so many parties outside of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. pop-up stuff. So I'm I'm not happy I got it, but I feel like it, it made me, I'm like not, it, it, it released my anxiety. Yes, That's what yes. I could say because it wasn't as bad. That said, be careful out there because it's going around. Yes. Okay, that's it. Glad you're well and glad you're COVID-free. Exactly. I did lots of tests before coming here. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a lot coming up. <laughs> we're giving away some tickets. Oh, yes. Now, listen, shout out to, there were a few people yesterday. There was Sergio. There was mm. Anthony. There was yes. Martin. People called in, and I gave away the Demi Lovato tickets. You got to keep listening, though to know when it's time for you to pull up to the speaker and listen to me give out the number because I got more tickets to give out today. I love it. Demi will be here in L.A. performing at the YouTube Theater on September 28th. So, yeah, that's coming up later in the show. Love it. All right, and I want to hear your voice. I I missed your voices, so call in. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to be covering Biden's new executive order and how it impacts the LGBTQ community. This is really great. We're going to touch on that in a minute, plus next hour, how universal health care uh, could it have changed the results, the COVID results here in the U.S.? Mm. That is, I imagine it could Yeah, have. something that a lot of people <laughs> are talking about right now. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Joe Biden, as I mentioned, signed an executive order to fight the wave of anti-LGBTQ plus bills being spewed by Republican state legislators. The order will direct federal agencies to expand access to gender-affirming health care, deliver inclusive curriculums, and stamp out queer homelessness. Today... I'm about to sign an executive order that directs key federal agencies to protect our communities from those hateful attacks and advance equality for families. No one knows better than the people in this room. We have a lot more work to do. I don't have to tell you about the ultra-MAGA agenda 
attacking families and our freedoms. 300 discriminatory bills introduced in states across this country. In Texas, knocking on front doors to harass and investigate parents who are raising transgender children. In Florida, going after Mickey Mouse, for God's sake. Now, Biden's order will create a new federal committee to lead data gathering efforts to give officials clear insight into LGBTQ plus demographics in the states as well. We have more on this coming up in mm, 10 mm, minutes. Mm. Now, as we learned yesterday, COVID vaccines for children are under review, but DeSantis says Florida will not provide state programs to administer vaccinations for toddlers or infants, making Florida the only state to do this. He added, quote, these are the people who have zero risk of getting anything. Speaking of COVID-19, Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci, you mentioned him. Well, he has tested positive for COVID. Crazy. That's so wild. At 81 years old, he's fully vaccinated, double boosted. He's currently only experiencing mild symptoms. And uh, he also says, or the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases says, Dr. Fauci will isolate and continue to work from his home. He has not recently been in close contact with President Biden or other senior government I must officials. say, I didn't even know double boosted was an option. People, I think, yeah, at a certain age, you're allowed I mean, to the yeah, next he's boost. 81. Woo. He's working hard. Please be careful, Anthony Fauci. You the icon. Exactly. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Oh, my gosh. So, Shira, you weren't here yesterday i did see this on social media but you know yesterday marked my eight year la versary oh i didn't know okay? that yes <laughs> I, I, the I, know, next thing. I, I know i know <laughs> you're, you're killing my tea sis so yesterday i got the biggest gift one of the best gifts known to man or woman or non-binary person People. i was minding my business at the premiere party and then everybody lost their minds because it was revealed that queen b Beyonce mm-hmm. is dropping new music. That's right. Beyonce will be back with a brand new album on Ryan's birthday, July 29th. Uh, 16 that's gonna be tracks. Now, I should Whoa. mention, now, Beyonce had merch on her site. Only Beyonce can get us to buy compact discs. Like, no one has a CD player. But they're, they're four different designs, but she hasn't revealed what they are. And so, because I'm loyal in the Beehive, I've been in the Beehive since 1999 when I saw the four girls from Houston in the beauty salon singing about paying bills. Mm-hmm. I just, people have been buying them. I bought set number four. I don't know what the merch looks like. I don't know what the disc lo- looks like. I can show you an it example. It is a disc though? Yeah, it's you get a box and a shirt, but it's like mystery. That's what I'm saying. You oh, don't know what you're getting. And so the cool. hive, I just dropped $50 at Beyonce.com, oh, sure. you know, because I mean, I got to support my girl and I've been desperately needing some new Beyonce pumping through my veins. That's non-Lion King related. I need Beyonce, right? So I'm very excited about this. And it's called, it's titled Renaissance Part One, which leads me to believe that maybe it's the beginning of a series. So, and no, I, I just hope, got the chills. And I should mention Beyonce is on the cover of British Vogue. And because I'm in the beehive and I look out for clues, there's lots of disco balls. So I wonder if she's going to give us something to dance to. Oh, I'm sure. No more lemonading. We're about to be on the dance floor I again. I love that. Yes. I love any, any way to dance I'm in. That's the tea report for this hour. You all want to stick around because I got some hot messes coming up for you next hour. Okay. That's all I can tell you. That's all, right. all I can tell you. And I got demi ticks. Love it. Well, up next, we're talking about Biden's plan to protect LGBTQ plus youth, what we can expect from this executive order next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, 
big news is President Biden has launched a plan to protect trans youth and the LGBTQ community. The executive order will call on HHS to clarify that federally funded programs cannot offer conversion therapy, among other initiatives. Right now, there are young people sitting in their bedroom, doors closed, silent, scrolling through social media, staring at the ceiling, wondering if they'll ever be loved, ever marry. My message to all the young people, just be you. You are loved. You are heard. You are understood. You do belong. And I want you to know that as your president, all of us on this stage have your back. Back with us is political analyst and uh, someone who fills in as co-host. Yeah, a friend of the show. Yeah, Ryan Basham. Welcome back. Oh, hey. Thanks for having me back. Yes. And this is a big deal, isn't it? Is this the saving grace we've been waiting for? Uh, it is a big deal. I, w- I would hesitate to call it a saving grace because it's an executive order. And the reason why we don't – so people get mad at the president a lot for not doing things yeah. by executive order. you know. And, and the, the reason why it, the pre- a good president takes so long to do things and avoids doing things by executive order is that, A, executive orders are much easier to be challenged in court – um, by you know opposing groups, and B, the moment a new president comes in, they can rescind that order. So it's different than passing a law which is permanent unless repealed by Congress. So I wouldn't say saving grace. However, it is a huge step forward. So for as long as Biden is president, the federal government will prevent uh, anybody using federal funding for healthcare services to uh, use conversion therapy. It will it directs the federal government to um, expand access to gender-affirming care for uh, LGBTQ youth wherever possible. And really importantly, it directs the federal government to collect data on LGBTQ people and treatment and all of that stuff. And it's virtually impossible to pass meaningful legislation without solid data. So this sets up you know, future Congresses to win in terms of passing meaningful legislation that protects LGBTQ people, especially LGBTQ youth. And one other thing I'll say, as of yesterday, Joe Biden is the first sitting president in American history to openly, explicitly mention violence against uh, trans women of color. No president has ever done that before. Mm. So in many ways, it is a big day. Interesting, especially, you know, of color. I, I'm, it's always sticky to me because I, I'm black, you know, so of color. It's, you feel like when yeah. you see people of color, you, just, you should say black. But I, I feel, well, no, because there are people of color, brown and black people. But I think that there's this overarching fear to say black. Just say black. Because that's who the violence is affecting. Uh, Ryan, so according to GLAAD, anti-trans bills have been have doubled really since last year. I'm interested in knowing, does this executive order, is it directed specifically towards trans youth or does it cover everyone? The L, the G, the B, the QIA, the plus plus. Um, It is directed specifically toward uh, trans non-binary youth, although... Uh, there's a limit to what the federal government can force states to do. And so in a way, what this does is it sets up a more direct battle between the federal government and state governments over jurisdictional things and who has the power to enforce what. And so what's probably going to happen now is insofar as the federal government tries to provide, say, gender-affirming care to people in Florida or Texas where the state has banned those things, there could be a lot of legal battles over who has the right to do what. So um, it is specifically about trans youth, but it is also um, not a, uh, a, you know, like a 
silver bullet either, if that makes mm, sense. Okay. So when will this be signed and put in place? I know from this article in Politico, they say he's going to sign it, sign it with different youth around him who've been impacted by these bills from Florida and Texas. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the impacts of this executive order are already underway, but you know, that means that it will take a while because an executive order becomes, you know, hundreds of pages of policy at a given, um, uh, uh, you know, agency within the government because it takes them time to turn that executive order into something they can actually functionally do. Yeah. So that process has already begun, but it will be a while before we can see direct results of it for the most part because it takes a lot of time to figure out, you know, procedures and how we do this legally and effectively and those are just people who are at work. They're bureaucrats, but they're trying to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll take a little time to see. But for all intents and purposes, they're already doing the work to get it going. Well, Ryan, as a political pundit and analyst, I have to know, how are you projecting? Do you, do you foresee these bills against trans people slowing down anytime soon? No, they're going to get worse. Um, uh, you know, they're going to get worse. Uh, you know, now, this year, there will be more. Um, uh, legislators and governors trying to use LGBTQ people and trans people in particular as a wedge issue. Um, And then, you know, by the time the 2024 presidential election cycle gets underway, which really means 2023, because that's when primary stuff will Mm -hmm. really start happening, um, it'll get even worse. And you'll see people, you'll see governors um, and legislative leaders on the state level go out of their way to hurt queer people in order to score points with their base. So, you know, we need to, you know, take a deep breath and know that it's a marathon, not a sprint, but start thinking now about how are we going to take action so that we are continuously fighting back. This will eventually be a wave that passes. You know, this happens in waves to us, um, but we have to do everything we can now to fight back as much of it as possible so that when this wave passes, the goalpost has moved in our direction not in their direction. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate. Well, that was Ryan Basham. Thanks as always for joining us and breaking it all down. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Now, what's coming up next, Shar? Coming up, could our drinking water be contaminated? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. The Environmental Protection Agency warned Wednesday that a group of human-made chemicals found in drinking water, cosmetics, food packaging, and used by millions of Americans poses a greater danger to human health than we previously thought. This is getting so, it's it's a lot going on, Shira. But luckily we have Dino, who is an environmental policy reporter from the Washington Post here to break it all down for us. Hi, Dino. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, thanks for joining us. So exactly what are these chemicals and what threats do they pose to humans consuming them? Yeah, so we call these chemicals PFAS, which is an acronym for a real mouthful, polyfluoroalkyl and perfluoroalkyl substances. But they're sometimes called forever chemicals. Um, And the reason they're called that is because they are incredibly durable. They last in the environment and in our bodies for a very, very long time. And it's, you know, that durability that really gave them commercial value. Um, They have been used in nonstick cookware, in flame retardant equipment, and in water repellent fabrics. Uh, Chemical companies have found a lot of really, you know, important uses for these chemicals. But, you know, in more recent years, we've discovered that when we, uh, you know, ingest them and, you know, 
get them into our body, they have all these really bad health impacts. Mm. And Jan, what does that include exactly? Like, how would you know if you've been impacted by this or you don't? It's that subtle. Yeah, so what the EPA is saying here is that when it comes to at least this handful of four of these chemicals, uh, it can have health effects at very, very low levels when consumed over one's lifetime. So, um, you know, these include links to several different types of cancer, thyroid disease, infertility, and uh, decreased birth weight. So why did it take just until recently to determine just how harmful these things are? Well, you know, our government moves pretty slowly, uh, unfortunately. (laughs) And, yeah, (laughs) so... um, in our government moves slowly and uh in, yeah. in fact in, in well and in fact like the, these chemicals are not regulated even after all the research that we've been able to do on them um all the EPA is saying here is like here here are some of the health effects we know um that these chemicals can have but they still haven't taken the step at least at the federal level to actually mandate that water utilities get this stuff out of our drinking water. Mm. That's really frightening because, I, you know, I try to make sure my water is filtered. But, you know, sometimes you're thirsty and you got to drink yeah, some I, water. I got my Brita. Out of the faucet. But sometimes you just don't have that around. Oh, no, like, I've, I've never done that. In, uh, in L.A. at least. How bad is it? <laughs> you know, are there certain cities that are better than other cities? Like, how bad is it just to have water here and there? Or I guess, like, we are washing our food in it. Can you explain like the day-to-day of this and like what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing? Yeah, no, certainly there are some communities that are far more infected by this, uh, by PFAS contamination than others. You know, among the worst hit are, uh, you know, communities near military bases um, because one of the uses of this is in a firefighting foam, you know, to put out a jet fuel fire, you need a really powerful extinguisher and, you know, for years, a PFAS-laden foam was used to do that. So that stuff seeped into the drink, into the groundwater and eventually made it its way into the drinking water of some of these towns that are near military bases. But, you know, military bases, you know, these communities aren't the only ones that have been impacted. I'm interested in knowing, since there's no regulation on these things, do we have a rough estimate of how many of these chemicals exist? And do they mutate? Um, Is there a chance for, like, two of them to combine and become a, a, a super chemical? Well, I'm not a chemist. I can't answer that question, but <laughs> I, I, I can say that there are thousands of different PFAS out there. Ooh. And, you know, the, these health advisories that the EPA came out with concern uh, just four. Um, you know, four of the most well-known and co- common and best studied ones, but still yeah. just four of them, you know. And, um, you know, the, we, we, we should be expecting a little bit more action soon from the administration. They tell us that uh, they're going to come out with some regulation, you know, the first regulation ever for PFAS this fall. They're going to unveil it, but it's going to take you know, a little while for them to actually finalize it and then to actually start, you know, cracking down on um water companies yeah. that are in violation. Well, wouldn't this be under the infrastructure bill, like Pete Buttigieg? Like to fix this all? <laughs> or no? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the infrastructure bill does play a role in this. So one thing the uh, Biden administration announced uh, this week is that it is offering up a billion dollars in grants to um, states and to tribes to, uh, you know, improve their water treatment uh facilities and get this stuff get PFAS and other stuff out of our water 
So that's coming out of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Okay. And, you know, and there'll be another $4 billion out of that over the next several years. But, um, you know, we might need a lot more money than just that. So with that, since it's not being fixed anytime soon, what tips do you have? Like, what are we supposed to do and what is accessible, right? Is it just getting a Brita filter? Like, what do we do? <laughs> you know, I, I someone else asked me that today about a Brita filter. And, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I, I would I would encourage people to to talk to, you know, specialists in their area. Yeah. Um, yeah I th- you know, I, I talked to one woman who lives in North uh, Carolina this week. Um, you know, in a water district with contamination who installed a reverse osmosis system under her sink. You know, those those can be a little pricey, but, you know, that that's the step some people are taking. Like, how you see, don't tell me we live in a first world country, you know, with our rights being taken away and the water being contaminated. What the? Well, you know, they say America is nothing but, I know third world is considered politically incorrect, but a third world country in a Gucci belt. Not even a real. You know, one. <laughs> you know I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting you guys are saying that too, because you know the, these chemicals are coming from some products that, like, you know, several decades ago were regarded as really innovative, like things like Teflon, right? Yeah. You know, nonstick pan was something everyone wanted at some point. Yeah. Um, and you know that was this, you know, I guess you could call first world innovation that we realize now has. A lot of these really bad consequences. That's why I use natural products. Don't use things and put it in the water you drain. It'll end up in our water. Even, that's like that's you why I use that's natural important. products. I try to use like face wash, like the tampons. I try to put in the bath. Uh, do you use the, the deodorant? I use natural deodorant now. Oh, girl, don't do that. No, it's a good one. Oh, okay. I've tried all of them. Anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Dino. Such an informative conversation. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both so much for having me on. Oh, yes. Coming up next, should elephants have human rights? What this court has to say after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Should animals be protected under human rights? Well, this Bronx Zoo elephant named Happy doesn't seem to be very happy right now. Yeah. And the non-human rights project challenged the Bronx Zoo's confinement of this elephant after several of her companions died she yeah she and patty uh who's the other elephant so happy and patty yeah they do not get along this seems like it's like the beginning of like some sort of movie like what's like the old ryan Ryan murphy feud (laughs) yeah or like betty davis and joan (laughs) or like the uh, the two old men that don't get along i don't know that was a really old movie or death becomes her with meryl streep and goldie hawn they're the only two remaining elephants at the zoo and they don't get along the advocacy group argued that the situation was cruel confinement and happy you know as an elephant Elephants are very intelligent. Very intelligent. They said that she should be able to sue under what's called the habeas corpus rights against improper detention. Well, it seems like this judge didn't have it. This person said nothing. Should I say who this person's name is? Say her name. No. <laughs> Janet DeFiori, who doesn't seem to like animals, mm. said nothing in our precedent or in fact that of any other state or federal court 
provides support for the notion that the writ of habeas corpus is or should be applicable to non-human animals. Okay, that's a weird way of saying humans. Um, this is a strange story because there's tons of humans who don't even have access to human rights. Yeah, so it's interesting that. to see people going to bat for an elephant. I do really feel for the elephants, though, because if they're not getting along, you know, they do probably do need to be separated. I came across a fascinating story on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't have all of the, the details, but some of the bullet points, I believe this happened in India. So an elephant allegedly killed this woman, okay. stomped her out or whatever, killed her, right? And elephants have incredible memory and memories and they are very very smart so at the woman's funeral the elephant showed back up and stomped out her corpse now i gotta get the details maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow because it's a friday show but i gotta get the details but i saw some of the bullet points because people have been uh photoshopping a picture of oprah winfrey in an interview chair sitting across from an elephant in an interview chair and they're like i don't know i gotta hear the elephant <laughs> we, side of we the want story the scoop. we want the scoop you know, something happened in this life or a past life that's Child, all i'm saying they have they have incredible memories what did you do lady don't mess with an elephant that's terrible though you know so listen i don't maybe use a human rights thing to protect this elephant yeah but i just in general i you know the zoo thing is very unethical we all know this there's a way to have a space for animals for us to enjoy them in a better environment and i feel guilty because i am someone who does enjoy going to the zoo i've never been to in la but i when i was in hawaii last yeah. year i went to the honolulu zoo and i had a great time um, and I, I'm a big aquarium girl, too, but I'm also, like, free the animals. But they're still just so majestic and fascinating to me. Of course. I, whenever I do go or I get asked to go, I just feel bad. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be here. This is yeah, wrong. Yeah, I feel like that, too, especially so. if they're really, really confined. Or, you know, the leopard doesn't want to come out. You're at the leopard cage, but the leopard doesn't want to come like, out. like, F you. Yeah. This sucks. This is not <laughs> what I signed up for. Okay, well, up next, more top-of-the-hour news, including what major company may be revoking gender-affirming health care to employees. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, Shira and Shar here in the studio, back together. Yes, the two S's, the exactly. two SHs. We love it. Yes. We love I'm, to hear it. I'm very excited because coming up in just a few minutes, mm -hmm. I'm giving away some Demi Lovato tickets. Oh. You won't know when, but keep listening. Pull that ear up to the speaker. Do it. <laughs> Make sure you don't blow your eardrums. <laughs> yes, please be safe. <laughs> okay, we're also talking about universal health care uh, in 15 minutes and how it could have helped during the pandemic. We're also going to be talking about why investors are putting their money into the environment. And will it actually pay off? That is later this hour. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Stuart Delary, a longtime advocate for LGBTQ rights, will be the first openly LGBTQ person to serve as White House counsel when he assumes the position next month. Now, he was appointed acting associate attorney general, the Justice Department's number three position in 2012. And that became actually the highest ranking LGBTQ official in the department's history. Mm. And this actually seems to be part of the administration's shakeup ahead of the midterms. The appointment is also one of a number of elevations of LGBTQ people to very high-profile roles in the administration, including Karine Jean-Pierre, who's the first openly gay White House press secretary, and as we know, Admiral Rachel Levine, the first openly trans person as assistant health secretary. Yeah. So a lot of good moves right there. Now, this is a bit disappointing. Well, a lot disappointing. Starbucks store managers have allegedly informed employees that its gender-affirming health care benefits could disappear if employees unionize. 
This is oh, a no. horrible way of threatening folks, yes. An employee at a Starbucks in Oklahoma claimed her manager told her, quote, just know that if you unionize when you aren't negotiating your benefits, you could gain, you could lose, or you could stay the same. Union, union is that workers, a threat? I yeah, guess I know, that yeah. is a threat. Union Workers United accuses the company of attempting to prevent its employees from organizing. Mm. Really Everyone's following Amazon's lead as far as like unionizing because workers need to be protected. If anything, the pandemic really showed us that. Unions are a good thing in a yeah. lot of cases. And if anything, it's going to push companies in like I think it's going to be challenging for companies because they're not set up like that but push them to a better place and unions everyone. hold companies accountable because yeah. companies can be abusive it's true and oftentimes are yep <laughs> now speaking of executives and billionaires well Elon Musk is talking about who he's gonna <sighs> vote for I just can't when asked on Twitter early Wednesday morning who he was leaning towards in the presidential election he replied simply I feel like I need to breathe a bit before I say yeah. this. DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Which is terrifying because you know what we can't take away from this is that Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. And I we don't know what, what he can do with his. And if he owns Twitter, if that ends up going through, we don't know what he can do with his oh, yeah. resources and his money as far as backing and amplifying DeSantis's voice. And I'm so sick of people like Elon Musk wrapping their coward their cowardly traits and their conservatism under this whole free speech crap because it's deeper than that just say it like you mean it elon i can't stand him yeah it's it's very ignorant actually everything that they are reacting around are around things that they just completely don't understand like they are not friends whoever they're attacking whoever they're they don't want equity out. they they are shaking in their boots because they want to uphold the, the power structures the very harmful systems and power structures that this country well, has been founded on and been running on for hundreds of years under also the guise of like libertarianism right yeah it's bs anyway so when asked about Musk's support desantis said this this week on Inside Web 3. Oh, that's my promo. That wasn't DeSantis. <laughs> or was it? Hey. Here it is. We're about to play it. Just finding it. We can play it yeah, next we'll, hour yeah. if we need to. But Musk to. also tweeted, I voted for Mayor Flores. First time I ever voted Republican who won the election, unseating a longtime Democrat. So it seems like he's just turned Republican? No. Mm-mm. Not buying it. I need right. to see voting records, but let's get into the T report yeah. really quickly. Sammy Sheen, which is who is the daughter of Charlie and Denise Richards, got the parents feuding child. Sammy Sheen is on OnlyFans now. Did you know this, Shira? I saw a headline on Instagram, but it was a very teasing, like where Charlie Sheen said, "This was not my decision, not under my right. like, roof or something." So like that. here's the thing: Page Six reported on Monday that Sammy had joined OnlyFans, which is known for its nude or partially nude photos and videos, and that she she said she would be sharing, you know, content about two to three times a week, in addition to privately chatting with her paying subscribers. Now Denise Richards says Sammy is 18, and this decision was based on whose house she lives in at all. All I can do is parent and guide her and to trust her judgment, but she makes her own choices. Yeah. So Denise says that, but Charlie, you're right. Charlie shot back and said, listen, she's 18 years old and she's living with her mother. This oh. did not occur under my roof. I do not condone this. But since I'm unable to prevent it, I've urged her to keep it classy, creative, and not sacrifice her integrity. So that's some thin thinly veiled shots right there. I wonder what's going to come of this. And you know what my mom would have said? 
At 18, not a, not in my house. You do what you want, but not in my house. My mom was worried that I was going to be on OnlyFans when I just tweeted, like, what do people think about OnlyFans? It's fascinating. And literally, we had multiple calls <laughs> of her calling me up, being like, are you going to be on OnlyFans? Like, literally freaking out. And yeah. she might be listening to this. I'm sorry, but like freaking out to the point where I actually wanted to record it because I thought it would be an entertaining video. Uh, but, you know, because my boyfriend and I do joke around a lot about OnlyFans, just we always come up with ideas. Really, Shira? We do. So, listen, okay. good, good for her, but it's true. At that age, you're still growing you're still up. Developing. You're still Your growing frontal up. cortex isn't exactly. even fully developed. But you know what? She's a sheen, so she doesn't really have to worry about her future. You know? She, she'll she be carried based off her last name and who doesn't her parents are. she doesn't are. want her own money. Whatever. <laughs> All right. All right, you all, pull on in. Channel Q has your chance to see Demi Lovato September 28th at LA's YouTube Theater, which, as I told you all yesterday, I saw a concert there, and there is not a bad seat in the house. You want to pull out your phone and call right now, 833-772-2557. That's 833-772-2557 for your chance to see them on their Royal and the Serpent Tour. We'll have your chance to win these tickets all week, but if you want to see Demi... You better call now. That's the T-Report for this hour, and we got more great show for you coming up. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A new study claims that Medicare for All could have saved more than 200,000 lives during the pandemic. The country would have also saved $105 billion in pandemic-related health care costs. So, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Back with us is Dr. Imesh Adalja from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, infectious diseases expert. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So if we know this and the data is there, what's going on? Why aren't we implementing this? Well, I think it's important to actually go into what the study showed. Let's do it. What it didn't, what it didn't show was that a socialized healthcare system is a way to prevent deaths. What it showed is when people lose insurance because there is a shutdown and their insurance is tied to their jobs, worse outcomes can happen. And that's a pretty obvious statement that when people don't have the ability to see doctors, they're going to be less likely to get vaccinated. They're going to be less likely to do well. But I think that I think it's a mistake to think of our system currently, which is kind of a mix between socialized medicine and some free market aspects as you know, as an ideal system. It has kind of the worst of both worlds. And I think we have to really address why, you know, one of the biggest factors in that study was people's insurance being tied to their job. Why Mm -hmm. is that? And that's not something that the free market created. It's actually because the way the government tax code works, it's tax deductible for someone to uh, get insurance, for an employer to provide health insurance to their employees versus if an employee wants to buy health insurance on their own, that's not tax deductible. So they created a system that gave give us kind of the worst of all worlds. Yeah. Um, we've reported on stories in the past about people being charged in the hospital for crying or, you know, $1,000 for Tylenol. And just the cost, uh, according to this study, this cumulative chart, how are we holding up against uh, or up against uh, other cult- countries, excuse me, that do have universal health care? So it depends on where you look. So if you look at the per capita deaths from COVID-19, England, for example, Canada, Italy, all have lower per capita deaths. But if you look at England and Italy, it's not very much different than the United States. And the United States didn't fare the worst, and it didn't fare the best. And I think what's happened is is that because we've got this kind of mixed system here, we, we have a lot of constraints. So, for example, one of the things the studies talks about our hospital study talks about is hospital capacity. Hospital capacity is not something that the market controls. It's something the government controls. Because if you want to expand beds in your hospital, you you have to petition the state government to say, can I have more beds in my hospital? All of that creates a lot of friction. And then you have the fact that insurance is basically controlled by the government. Even though it's nominally private, it it has so many controls and restrictions on it that you, you end up with a situation where people are priced out of the insurance market and people have to rely on their employers. And I don't think that's the best way to think about this. I think the key thing would be to get more people insured, mm-hmm. regardless of, 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 of where it's coming from. And it's not something where I think that socializing the, the healthcare system is the solution. And there's people with different opinions. I obviously, as you can tell, I'm a little bit more on the, I'm, I'm, I'm completely on the market side of this. And I just think that a lot of the problems that we have will not necessarily be solved by, by socializing the medical system. However, what we have now is a far cry from anything ideal. And as I said before, it's kind of the worst of all worlds. We have the worst of the, the socialized medicine aspect of it. And then we have the worst. And, and then we have kind of because it's mixed, we don't actually have 
Uh, we don't know what the market would do because it's not really a, a free market. It's very, very controlled. And as a doctor that works in it, it, it is it is not an easy system. And I think that there is a need for, for massive reform, but I don't know that that one solution being posited is, is actually really a solution in the long term. But, like, will, will we invest in another uh, option so we don't lose this much money and this many lives in the future? Well, I think we have to do that. I think that they have to think about trying to empower patients. Right now, most people's health care is not in their own control. It's their employer's control. Yeah. Why can't we make Why can't we make insurance premiums? If you go and buy an insurance premium on your own, why can't that be tax deductible? Why should you have to wait for your employer to get it? I think that's one of the things. We need to make insurance more affordable. It needs to be sold across state lines. We have to expand health care savings accounts. We have to get better at hospitals, expand expand scope of practice for nurse practitioners, physicians, all, assistants to drive, drive the cost down. It shouldn't just rely on the employers because a lot of people, it's the gig economy. A lot of people are like contractors or freelance. I'm, I'm a permanent Exactly. Like, yeah. We need to have an option for so many people who aren't employed. I, I can't. We can't just rely on, our, on employers. I feel, but that's yeah, exactly. So if if this was tax deductible to someone that's in the gig employee, the gig market, that would be something that they would just buy and write off as a business expense. But you can't do that uh, unless you have a corporation or a company of your own and you incorporate. Yeah. So if you're just a person who goes from job to job, you can't tax it. It's not tax deductible. So it's very disadvantageous for you to buy health insurance or even to be empowered by. It. So I think you know there, there's so many disincentives in our system that this this paper you know the the finding is kind of obvious, but it's very simplistic, and I think it ignores the fact that what we have in the United States is this mongrel system yeah. that is just kind of uniquely bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was Dr. Imesh Adalja from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thank you, as always, for jumping in. All right. What's coming up next? Coming up next, why do investors suddenly care about the environment? I want to know, don't you? Money, money, money. Okay. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Biodiversity loss could flatten corporate profits. And we oftentimes talk about, you know, our green footprint. Yeah. And we've talked about Greta Thunberg. But now of investors. Course. She encompasses <laughs> yes. all of it. Every time I think about the environment, I think of Greta. She is uh, uh, the face of the movement. She is the face. She has been. Well, now I'm kind of shaking in my boots because investors are now scrambling to figure out what holds and what doesn't. Luckily, we have uh, Benji Jones, environmental reporter over at Vox, here to help us iron all of this out. Hi, Benji. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Okay, so let's break this down. Why are investors suddenly caring about saving the environment? And what does something like that even look like? Yeah, okay, so this is a complicated topic, but it's super important. And basically, you can think think about it in that the economy that kind of runs the world, corporations, etc., a lot of their profits are very closely tied to human nature. Ooh, you, we can't really hear you. Don't move. Make sure you're in a good place okay. for signal. Yeah, you, you okay. cl- you're I'm, clicking in and out. <laughs> How about now? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, just, I think. Yeah, might have to go ahead. That, but yeah. All right, all right. I'm sorry about that. So basically, what I was mentioning is, mentioning is that our, our economy and companies um, are deeply embedded in nature. And so ecosystems and animals actually help companies make value. And you can think about an example of a food company. So let's say a company that sells chocolate bars. They rely on insects to pollinate their cacao, their, their cocoa plants, which they obviously need to, to sell to make money. And if you imagine insects declining, and we're seeing that lots of insects are declining, 
that means that they might not have the pollinators that they need to make their chocolate in the first place. So basically this idea is that a lot of corporate profits are very closely tied to what's happening out in nature, out in ecosystems. And if that nature starts to decline, then you could also see profits start to decline. And that's where this concern among investors comes in because investors care, as you can imagine, a lot about money. Yeah, and I feel like this is such a dumb moment. It's like, okay, if the world is falling apart, you won't be able to create the things that you want to create that make you money. You know, like I thought yeah, well, investors yeah. look ahead at the future. Why have they not seen this coming? That is a good question. Um, so I think on the climate change side of things, it's been a lot. Um, there's been a lot more progress. Like, probably, but I mean, we're still only talking like a decade or so that investors have really started to factor in climate-related risks. I think part of it is that um, biodiversity and the way that ecosystems work is just a lot more or seemingly a lot more complicated, right? So you have these very intricate systems with different animals that interact with each other. Some of them are declining, other ones are not. And you also have a ton of different realms. So we're talking about the oceans, the forests, the lakes, and so forth, whereas the climate is we can measure this in terms of one number, right? So like amount of CO2 you're emitting, for example. So I think part of it is just, it has been, it is really difficult. But I also would just say like biodiversity in general, and I see this in my own reporting, is just like not talked about as much at all yeah. relative to other issues. Yeah, and, and speaking of, of the CO2 emissions, in the name of the carbon footprint, in theory, wouldn't investors have to ruin more of the environment while they're saving it at the same time? I'm sorry, can you, what do you mean by that? Meaning the more you create, consumerism is um, directly, you know, us creating oh, oh, things and yes. then selling yeah. it and all that. So it's like, it's hard to be an environmentalist if you're still connected to consumerism and creating Yeah, things. and flying your private jet. I think that's 100% true. I think that's like a, a paradox that um, we don't talk a lot about. I think like you'll find many experts who don't think there's a capitalism that works for, for protecting nature because, as you mentioned, like, yes, we are, um, we are producing emissions when we buy products. Obviously, there's, like, a whole green consumerism movement, and there are many startups, for example, that are working on alternative plastics or, or ways to capture carbon that now have value. So, like, there are alternatives, but very much so, like, I think that if you have deep roots in the financial system, you are probably not, in general, benefiting the environment. So I guess, like, moving forward, what does this look like? What are they investing in, and will we be seeing more ethical business happening? So I think in general, yes. I think the question is, like, how quickly is this going to happen? Scientists are really concerned about what's going on in nature and have been for a while and feel like their voices aren't heard. So I think, like, yes, it's going to happen. It might. There's a concern that it could be too late right now, and this is something that I, I've written about. Like, there are so many different popping up initiatives to try to take into consideration these financial risks that are tied to nature. And it's really confusing right now. Like as someone who follows this field, like I had a really hard time parsing through all these different acronyms and so forth, like let alone a whatever, the general public understanding this as well. So I think like it needs to get simplified a lot and that is one of the first steps, but we are definitely seeing progress. And I think ultimately the goal is to like re to, to change some of the financial flows. And so if you can imagine a company that has a bigger environmental footprint might therefore have more risks associated mm -hmm, with it, mm -hmm. that is gonna mean that investors might be less likely to put money into it or expect more returns. And so over time that could redirect money towards like more 
biodiversity-friendly corporations. That's the theory. It's not, it's not clear that's how it's going to pan out. And being yeah. a B Corp also helps that yes. certification. There's new yes. certifications, We're too. having beehives on the roof of our building. But you know what, Benji? <laughs> no, in, in real life. No, it's a B course, but I love that. But yes, yeah. Benji, we want to thank you for joining us today for the show. My pleasure. Have thank a great day. Thank you so much. Day. My pleasure. Of course. Cheryl, Thank what's coming up next? Um, you know, the word bad, it's a word we use every day. I try not to use it that much. You know, I'm not perfect, though. Girl. It's a word we teach kids. It actually could be rooted in homophobia. What? Yeah, we're talking about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The word bad could be more bad than we thought. <laughs> did you Badder. Tell, did you tell Michael Jackson that? No. He has a whole song titled Bad. True. Well, according to these researchers, if you, or in, English experts, people that go back in the history to find the uh, root of a word, they're mm -hmm. called, oh, there's, where is the word? Etymol, I can't even say it. <laughs> Etymologists. Okay, okay. There you go. I made it work. So they said that the word bad goes back to the dark ages, and it actually was the equivalent of a homophobic slur. Yeah, I'm... Um, it stems from the word badal badling, an old English words meaning hermaphrodite or an effeminate man. That is so interesting, um, only because, you know, back in those, in the dark ages specifically, a lot of, you know, LGBTQ people were still marginalized. But what I find so interesting about this is that was strictly through colonialism because LGBT people were celebrated in certain Native American tribes in Yoruba and West Africa. Oh, yeah, Africa. just the, the English, the Old English, the yeah. Euro, the British. Yeah, this is, this is kind of interesting. And I also wonder why it's geared towards, quote, an effeminate man. Because I've also been doing some, in, in the honor of Pride Month, I've been mm -hmm. doing some research, and I found that in the UK a few years ago, well, a few decades ago, yeah. it was illegal for two men to be together, but for two women, that wasn't on the books. Oh, I'm sure. So it wasn't necessarily legal, but because there was no punishable, you know, law on the books, lesbians were allowed to to roam in peace for the most part. Why do you think that is? I, gee, I wonder. Hello, <laughs> patriarchy. Right? So I find it interesting that this was a, a slur rooted in an effeminate man. And I also would venture to say, well, what do they say? What did they say back then for the opposite of good? Because there's dark and there's light. If maybe good and evil instead of good and bad. Yeah, so anything yeah, something was just I don't wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I can't what oh, producer Shelby yes. has something to say. Yes. I was going to mention that it, it does say that in this article that instead of using the word bad, they would use the word evil. Um yeah. and that's a trigger word nowadays. <laughs> yes. And um like you mentioned, I mean queer people have existed for all of time and yep. it says in the article that the middle ages were kind of a queer utopia um, but oh. despite that it was really only the like upper class people that were using this slur um, and that were homophobic it was just wow. so there wasn't any uh, uh, scare they were scared rich folks yes there weren't any uh, rich LGBT no they were but they were <laughs> in the closet yeah they had to hide that is so they had to wild. be in the in the darkness in the bad so so bad. Right. <laughs> that's that's interesting that bad. And I'm also always interested in learning the origins of words. Like, you know, like the root totally. the root origin. You know, it's Latin and all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by that. But this is interesting. You couldn't have paid me to believe this had you not provided this evidence in this article. Thank God for Google. Thank God for Google. <laughs> so don't use the word bad anymore. Come on. Yeah. Let's keep it good. Next up, more trending topics, including the Squid Games game show and how it is breaking a record. Next.
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Yes, welcome back. It's Shira with Shar in the studio. Oh, yes. Having a blast. Oh, yes. Uh, we sound so enthused. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. You know, it's it's my first day on air in the studio, so we were talking about energy, right? Like, yes. I'm I'm here. I'm feeling energy. It's like a Monday for we me. We just heard Lotto talking about big energy with Mariah Carey. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I love it. Did you love give me that, that snap was kind of patronizing. Like, what, what was that for? I don't know. Would you have done that to producer Shelby? I, I do it a lot. Uh-huh. I do. <laughs> I'm teasing. Actually, I'm you're teasing. special. You're very special, Shar. Okay, that sounds coded. Everything, I'm on the defense in here with you. Oh, my God. We're going to be talking about personal rituals and why we need them over routine. But what's the difference between ritual and routine? And this is where, hmm. actually, Shar and I are coming together to bring you our woo-woo. Yeah, because I don't know. It just sounds like you're swapping out a, an adjective, swapping out a word. So I wonder what is the difference between ritual and routine? Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about it later and spilling our secrets. Uh, but let's get into some what's trending this hour and some tea coming up with, by the way, Char around... What my tea report Johnny, is about? Is it Johnny Depp? There's no. some new Johnny Depp news? I'm not talking about Johnny what? Depp. Shira is so horny for Johnny Depp <laughs> no, news. No, I'm not. For the news, for the news, not the him. The two things I'm just, like, fascinated by, Pete Davidson and Johnny Depp. Or, like, John, now, like Pete, that. Now, Pete, you know what? That's a different show. That's a different episode, different segment. Also, stick around because I will be giving away Demi tickets. So get ready to call in in a few minutes. Okay, well, here it goes. Uh... Let's start with some news coming out of Baltimore. Fires at a Pride celebration in Baltimore have left two people in critical condition. One of them started when a Pride flag at a home was set on fire. And then someone set fire to a house down the street that was decorated for Pride. It's horrible. Police are investigating the fires as a case of malicious burning and have not determined a motive. Mm, mm, mm. Now, Christy Elan Kane is fighting a landmark battle for legal recognition, asking the UK government to provide ex-gender markers on passports for people who aren't male or female. Now, the Biden administration announced the US would quickly be offering ex-gender markers on passport applications from April 2022. And US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said the option will also become available for other forms of documentation next year. But the UK Supreme Court, the UK is you know has a ways to go right in terms parliament of the, the i think community. this i think it's a beautiful sentiment but it also makes me just a bit fearful i try not to live in fear but it makes me a bit fearful you know for people trying to target people you know oh yeah i mean i yeah. think you should have the choice if that's how you feel then you should do it but people are so radicalized now like you know you got to show your id to get in the club or to buy a bottle or like you yeah. never know who you never you're know who the person who you're exposing be, yeah. yourself well, to that's the only thing the uk supreme court dismissed the case in 2021 for this person argued that making ex-gender markers and passports would have adverse implications for the security aspects for the use of the passports which would result in substantial administrative costs so and then what happens if you're traveling to a country that's not welcoming well that is uh, that is true. I think that in that case, it needs to be on the person traveling. Right? Yeah. You're not going to travel somewhere where you got to tell your trip. boss, I actually cannot go to the UAE or for I'm this assuming trip. Assuming you wouldn't choose that place if you know that. Well, I'm saying like I'm, you know, if it's for work purpose, you never know. Of course, yes. You never know. Um, moving on to what's happening here in the U.S. as the January 6th hearings are underway, there are others, specifically the GOP, that seem to be protecting a certain group of people. Here is Representative Troy Nels during a House GOP presser asking for better treatment for suspected insurrectionists. Are you ready for this? 
citizens are being held for offenses related to January 6th, and some of these individuals have not been convicted of anything. They are being held pre-trial with no bail being offered, and the DOJ, listen to me, the DOJ continues to treat these individuals like one would expect of a convicted terrorist. Okay. Well, they are domestic terrorists. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Shira, girl, Netflix is so desperate for content, if you ask me. Because guess what they're rolling out? First of all, let me ask. Well, I was going to ask, did you watch Squid Games? But you don't watch TV, no, so I, I do can't sometimes. ask That's, you. That was too um, Producer nerve-wracking Shelby. for me. That was all about death and playing the game of life and people being murdered. No. It gave me, like, Saw vibes. I never watched it either. Producer Shelby, did you watch Squid Game? No, I didn't. I wanted to for the purposes of being a television studies person in school, um, but I just never got around to it. It seemed like too much for me. Yeah, I hate being left out of a movement. Everybody one was talking about this at one point, and I couldn't chime in, but never. Nevertheless, Netflix is staging a real-life Squid Game series that's billed the biggest reality competition ever. They announced on Tuesday. Now, listen, while the stakes won't be life or death, presumably, Squid Game The Challenge will have 456 players competing in a series of games for the chance to win a whopping $4.56 million Dollars. Netflix claims that the payout is the largest lump sum cash prize in TV history. Isn't that crazy? That's where all the money went for the people that probably... <laughs> did, did anybody all fire the layoffs. <laughs> yeah. Netflix? But you know, this is smart, though. They had to do something with the show, Netflix the name. Netflix is... Their, their content is not the best right now. Everybody else... HBO Max, everybody else is, like, really Elevating. doing it. And yeah. They're just running into, like, competition shows. Reality. They're getting yeah. into the reality thing. Yeah, anyway. the ultimatum. Nevertheless, listen, we got your chance to see Demi Lovato September 28th at LA's YouTube Theater. Give Shira and I a call right now at 833-772-2557 if you want those ticks. Again, that's 833-772-2557 for your chance to go see Demi Lovato in September. And with that, that's the T-Report, and we got more show for you coming up after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so... Oh, were you going to say something, Shira? No, no, no. I'm just so excited to get into the story. You're so excited. Anyone listening, including Shira in studio, knows that I'm a huge Housewives fan. Mm -hmm. Well, I typically, like, I like the Jersey reunions, but I'm an, an, an Atlanta girl. I like Beverly Hills. I'll watch Potomac and Salt Lake City. Not in that order. That's not my ranking, but I do enjoy the Real Housewives franchise. Have you listened to the Atlanta one? Have I Watch listened? It, I mean, yes, that's where I first started with was with Nene Leakes and Sheree and Lisa Wu Hartwell. There's someone I'm working with on a project right now, and she said that she's known for being on the Atlanta one. Really? Who is it? Oh my it? god! Let me look. All right, wait, wait. wait. Her name is um, Tanya. Sam? Uh, yeah, she's Canadian. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was on a conference call with her. Yes, T- Tanya Sam. She was definitely on. She left. Ooh, it was messy. You got to look up the bolo clip. Okay. He's a male anyway. stripper. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Nevertheless, so Andy Cohen, who we know is the master puppeteer, the man responsible for Housewives, yep. hosts a show called Watch What Happens Live on Bravo, which typically follows the shows. Kyle Richards, who's a Beverly Hills housewife, who's also Kathy Hilton's sister. Did you know that? And she's Paris Hilton's aunt and okay. a Capricorn. Um, of let's take a listen. We're going to talk about secrets, but at first, I want you all to take a listen to what happened on the show last night. How's the breast reduction working out? Oh, thank you for letting everyone know, Andy. Thank you. Oh, oh my God. I thought you talked about it. Never no. talked. No. By the way, I am a... 
but you've told me about it so many times. I'm so sorry. Okay, I, I text Andy all the time. I'm just gonna say this. I never told anybody. I am so she told oh, me in confidence. By the way, I here's the thing I about me. So you could tell me you murdered somebody, and I, I swear to you, I would take it to my grave. Wow, but I can't keep a Capricorn. secret about myself. I had a breast reduction surgery. I never that is that. so Awkward. true. A true blue Capricorn, like I mentioned. Because Kyle said that she would not <laughs> tell if, she, if, if Andy even murdered someone. So, Shira, have you ever had a slip of the tongue? Because what Andy Cohen did was not intentional. He just assumed everyone already knew because Kyle and him text all the time. So, have you ever had a slip of the tongue and exposed someone's secret on accident? I feel like... It wasn't, and this is not right for me to say because it's someone else's secret, but I, don't, I never felt it was a secret that it was, if I did slip it, it was like, oh my God, this is going to be the most horrible thing or like yeah. it'd be a bad look or someone tra something traumatizing to someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, or maybe if it was like I heard they're dating, you know, I was like, oh yeah, oh, did you? Did you see? Like then I'll say something and I'll be like, oh, I mean, they're like, well, they didn't say anything to me. Did they say something to you? I go, oh, I don't. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Where it's maybe someone dating, I feel, or hooking up, like that's come out. But besides that, I do though. When if someone does give me a secret, typically mm -hmm. I don't say anything. Sometimes, like my my partner here and there, it's only usually with my partner mm -hmm. that it will come out, right? Because like oh, like pillow talk, like you be telling your man my business. Not <laughs> but like I feel like if there's anyone that I will share something with, sometimes it's, yeah, it's my it's my partner. I know for me, um, I can acknowledge one of my most manipulative traits, because we all can be manipulative, mm -hmm. is I can finagle secrets out of people. And what I mean by that is, like, for example, I just did a gig recently, oh. and I did it for free. They told me that they didn't have the budget or whatever, and I did it because of contractual obligations. Well, I found out that someone was being paid, so I had to go back to, you know. like paid I, more than you. Well, no, I just said, oh. how much did you get paid for this gig? Oh, okay. Like yeah. that type thing. Yeah. And they told me because they didn't know it was supposed to be a secret. Yeah. So it's been little stuff like that. I will say if someone explicitly, if it's something heavy or like you mentioned traumatic, or if someone explicitly makes it known that it's a secret, I, I, I'm not a slipper upper yeah. like that when it comes to other people's business or my own. Because I, I do go by the it's i don't know if it's an adage but you know if you, if you don't want if you wouldn't do that in front of the person don't do it behind the scenes oh i always right? say that i really that. try to challenge myself even though that's sometimes hard it, but it i can really be. try to challenge myself i learned that in grade school my mom uh did tell me if you can't say it to their face you don't need to be saying it behind their back that's why everything i say i say it with my whole chest cuz i have no issue saying it to your face whoever's listening and also my, <laughs> yeah my parents tend to whatever i tell them like, it doesn't go to my friends, my community, but I feel like it becomes, like, talk in their, like, table talk. Yeah. In their community. And then they're, they're talking about people they don't even know. Yeah, that's why you got to watch who you tell the secrets to. Yeah. It's a big game of telephone, and things can snowball out of control. There's nothing like violating someone's trust. You violate my trust, you'll never get it again. But ever. I... I, I uh, note taken. I feel like on reality shows, Sorry, did though. That sound no, mean? no, no, no. no. I just, but I feel like on reality shows, this is what they—they they know this is going to happen. Oh, yeah. They know it's going to happen. Of course. At any rate, uh, you know she's like the brunette Hilton. You could see that she looks exactly the same as the other Hilton. Yeah. She's a brunette. Next up, ritual versus routine. Which is better for us? We navigate that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. A lot of people try to figure out a ritual or routine that works for them to change their life. We see this on social media, the rituals and routines of the rich and famous. Yes. You want to be successful, follow these routines and rituals. The thing is, routines and rituals get thrown in together when they're actually two different things. So one, let's talk about what makes them different and let's also go into our own. Okay. Uh, So... When you say a routine and ritual, I feel like a routine is like, I routinely brush my teeth at this time. I wash my face, right? Mm -hmm. It's like these simple actions I do. Right. It's pretty much like a system of how I work and how I do things, Mm -hmm. right? It's routine. I come here at X time every day. It's routine to come to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A ritual for me, and, and I've had this conversation before, is something that is more mindful and intentional, right? It's not like I just eat dinner at this time. It's that I'm making this into a ritual. I'm going to do the table. I'm yes. going to put candles down. I'm going to say a prayer. That is a ritual. That is a ritual. Um, I'm thinking about one of the most one of the newest rituals I just implemented in my life is when I'm not at Channel Q and I'm freelancing and doing other projects. When I have lunch, everything shuts down. There is no mm. phone. There is no email. I take that time to eat my lunch. Also, you know, with my journaling, I used to, pre-pandemic, I don't know what happened, but pre-pandemic, I used to, as soon as I woke up, I'd roll flat on my back and say a prayer. As soon as I woke up. Beautiful. But I don't do that anymore. What happened? Um, I don't know. Chaos of life. I don't know. Hey, just... Recalibrating my nervous system. Get it going again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. But yes, my routine, yes, I have a routine. I have a nighttime routine and a, and a morning routine when it comes to like, oh, serums and moisturizers and, oh, yeah. you know, Meisler water and, and chapstick. Water. What's that? It, like, dissolves your makeup gently so that you're not scrubbing and tugging and getting wrinkles. Interesting. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's really gentle. You should look into it. Hey, all right. Well, (laughs) what about, so your ritual is the lunch thing. That's one of the newest ones. But, yeah, I also think about, like, when it comes to, like, bath time. Like, sometimes I'll just put some lavender. Michaela always makes fun of me for this. This is Michaela from The Morning Beat. What does she say? Because she knows that I'm a huge essential oil girl. And so sometimes when I get in the shower in the morning, I'll put a little essential oil 
oil at the top of like the wall oh, because yeah, it'll yeah. then That's drip a, down. This sounds amazing. It'll drip down and then the steam hits it. And so it's like, okay, it smells like eucalyptus oh. and lavender and lemongrass in my shower. I got Which kind of counteracts my body wash because my body wash right now is like coconut based. But it, it helps wake me up and I feel like it helps also to center me. So, yes, those are some clear examples, I guess, of ritual versus routine that for me. That is beautiful. Yeah. You make me want to do some of that tonight. I got to watch the Kardashians in a bath. Me? That is. When I got home last night, I tried to turn on the Kardashians, and it wasn't uploaded to my Hulu. It's so strange, so I'm going to watch it today. But what are some of yours? Um, well, I, you know, yeah, I've been better, right? I've been better at these things. Mm -hmm. In the morning, typically, I do have the ritual of waking up and meditating and visualizing my day, and I, like, have my... Um, these cards, these note cards, where I say all my, not just affirmations, but, like, the things that... My goals, but they're as if they're happening. Right. Yeah, so, so I actionable. say that every I do try to do that every day. That for me is a ritual. And then it's, it's like actionable. You're not saying I want to have a good day. No, for I, I You're saying I'm having like, a good day. Or like I'm right now, my radio show has hundreds of thousands of listeners right. and a million downloads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, and I'm, and other affirmations too. And then something I actually do with my partner, we're getting into cheesy territory here. Uh, Girl, I, do you have any <laughs> friends outside of your partner? <laughs> There's actually too many. It's just y'all two for too the many. long haul. But, uh, My but I do love this one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we try to, we used to say, like, what we're grateful for and our intention the next day in the morning. We always say, I choose you. Uh, we, oh. That's what we do. And, you know, that's, it's helpful because even when if I get annoyed, I'm like, oh, I choose you. Fine. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I've seen examples of end of day, like families doing like, what was your high point and low yes. point? They don't word it like that, but that's basically no, what that. they're asking. Producer Shelby. You brought up manifesting, and I would like to share something that I did. <gasps> Ooh. So, as you know, I just finished um, my undergrad, yes. and I was in a what you call a capstone class. And at the end of that class, we had to write a professional biography. Uh -huh. And at the end of that professional biography, I wrote that I got this job <gasps> before I got the really? job. Yes. I submitted the assignment before yes. I knew I got the job. So... <laughs> So what exactly is a capstone class? I've never heard this yeah, term. Yeah, I've never heard that. Term um, it's before. basically just like everything you've learned wrapped into one. It's okay. it's like project based. So it's like we'll take basic things you've learned throughout your your schooling. Oh, and like a culmination project. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, I, see, it works. It, it worked, I well, guess. I never refuted manifestation. I believe that prayer is a manifestation. It's all synonymous, but it depends on how you approach it. Totally. I you know I I've been that person where and. We're going to wrap soon. I, and I mean, for people that are like, oh, here it goes, this conversation. I mean, th maybe they need to manifest some some patience. How's your life going? Because Shira and Shara are <laughs> running the show today. Well, <laughs> you know, it changed because I've always been that person to do goals and all this stuff. Yeah. But recently this year, I shifted a bit. And I feel like this has been a pretty incredible year and or our time and and even with when i found my relationship i shifted into really thinking about how do i want to feel in this like yeah. with this experience or this person and like really visualizing it constantly speaking about it and to it and that focus and clarity I'm telling you, start strong in the energy. It won't necessarily well, happen that's overnight. Why, that's why it's, it is so imperative to stay present. So many of us live in the future or live in the past, and, and we don't yes. live present in the moment. Well, that and like So the mixture between the feeling into like what you want and as if you're, you have it now mm -hmm. and showing up 
like how you want to be in that and then gratitude my former therapist uh i still haven't done this but he wanted me to write down all of the things that i have accomplished which i think i'm going to do in the name of my la versary eight years yes. in la i've done quite a lot and it's easy to to forget i was looking at my instagram and um, I saw when I went to the Respect premiere, and I was like, oh, my, I totally forgot that I took a picture with Jennifer Hudson. Isn't that amazing? EGOT winning Jennifer Hudson. And that was just in July. That was a year ago, and I totally forgot. I'm a little bit embarrassed because I'm someone who really talks about staying present in the moment. And typically I do, but it, I totally forgot that I took a picture with Jennifer Hudson last July. Sometimes. And you, it's a good yeah. one, too. You got you to remember those moments because, yeah, we're, we're so about, like, looking forward. Like, what did I not accomplish instead of looking at what we've actually done? Well, that's done. why I just Journal. Journaling keeps me grounded. You know, I journal like a mad woman. Yeah, journaling. I've been better at that too. I get, I get to get into some of my things, but um, as long as you close your eyes, get ground, visualize a bit, just know who you are. Feel good about it. So let us know what you do. Ritual routines at LGT shows where you can find us yes. on social media. But we actually are going to be giving away some Demi Lovato tickets next. Yes, we are. So, so pull on up. Yeah. Get we'll, comfortable. We'll see who wins. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What's up? You're calling Let's Go There. You're hey, the- this is Louise. Louise, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Riverside, California. Oh, the IE, Inland Empire, right? Hey, Shar. Hey, how you yeah. doing? I just finished working out, getting ready for my wedding ball with my fiance, Steve, and um, mm-hmm. listen to you guys every single day. First of all, congratulations on yes. your nuptials. Well, your upcoming nuptials. That's amazing. And thanks so much for tuning in because we really appreciate it, Louise. Yeah, you know, during COVID, there's a lot of time of not working. And even now with COVID, there's some downtime. And this show always gets me through my day and something to look forward to. So thank you guys. Aww, wow, that, be- that warms our yes. heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, because we really do. We be yelling into these we, microphones. Yeah, we never Louise. know who's listening. Yes. What's up? Did you just call to check in on Shira and I because we're lonely in studio? Well, I came in to say hello. I was checking on those Demi Lovato tickets and <laughs> oh. seeing how the day's going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we hear you. Well, guess what? What would happen if we tell you you won those Demi Lovato tickets? Woo! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ah, that's so awesome. Who are you going to be taking? You know what? My fiance Steve has such golden luck with meeting people. I think I'm gonna surprise him and take him. Um, oh, that is we've had a tough couple six months budgeting, you know, with everything, all the high prices. So this will be a nice little date night for us. Oh, good. Inflation for you. is getting us all. But congratulations, Louise. We got to get back to the show. But hang on to the on the line though, because one of our producers is gonna get your information so that we can get you those demi tickets. It's nice talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, guys. I hope you have a great day. Cheers. Thanks Thanks for your support. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, it's Shira, but Shar is here filling in for Ryan in the studio. Yep. It's a good day. It is a good day. We were just talking about the crazy Riverdale actor that looks like a child. Oh, my gosh. Who supposedly was threatening to her a plan to kill Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I said Jacques Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Yes. My own Prime Minister. I don't even know his name. And this actor pled guilty to murdering his own mother. Trigger warning. Dark. How old is this person? Is this one of those things where he's like 35, but he looks six? No, I think this person in the photos looks very young. Oh my gosh, we'll have more on that Can story you for you. Can Google the age in a moment? All right. Yeah. Uh, coming up, more importantly, we're talking about He's Biden's, 24. 
Yeah, and those pictures, why do they take these pictures where he looks 12? Well, that's because that's what he really looks like in real life. Really? It wasn't just an old picture I mean, from in fairness, in producer Shelby is in her early 20s, and she literally looks... You look like you could pass for. I I give you a sophomore in high school. Yeah, I get going into bars and buying alcohol is very hard for me. Yes. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what? Like you could be an actress because oh. you you are a certain age, but you play very young. Oh, just yeah. just keep moisturizing and stay out of the sun. <laughs> uh, well, coming up in thirty <laughs> minutes, more on Biden's executive order that will plans or that plans to support trans youth. This is a really important thing, but we'll see if it actually does anything. Uh, plus, Lady Gaga's new big screen role, question mark. I'm not saying she actually has one. It's mm. a question mark. That's in the tier report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour. So as we mentioned, the order from Biden uh, will direct federal agencies to expand access to gender-affirming health care, deliver inclusive curriculums, and stamp out queer homelessness, among many other things. Today, I'm about to sign an executive order that directs key federal agencies to protect our communities from those hateful attacks and advance equality for families. No one knows better than the people in this room. We have a lot more work to do. I don't have to tell you about the ultra-MAGA agenda attacking families and our freedoms. 300 discriminatory bills introduced in states across this country. In Texas, knocking on front doors to harass and investigate parents who are raising transgender children. In Florida, going after Mickey Mouse, for God's sake. Give Mickey Mouse a break. It's all ridiculous. <laughs> Biden's order will create a new federal committee to lead data gathering efforts to give officials more insight into LGBTQ plus demographics in the states. More again coming up in 30 minutes. Now, Starbucks store managers have allegedly informed employees that its gender affirming health care benefits could disappear if employees unionize. So an employee at a Starbucks in Oklahoma claimed her manager told her, just know that if you unionize when you are negotiating your benefits, you could gain, you could, you could lose, or you could stay the same. Basically a threat. Union Workers United accused the company of attempting to prevent its employees from organizing. Very unfortunate stuff there. And as we learned yesterday, COVID vaccines for children are under review, but DeSantis says Florida will not provide state programs to administer vaccines for toddlers or infants, making Florida the only state to do this. He added, these are the people who have zero risk of getting anything. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Shar? Well, I don't know if Margot Robbie fans are going to like this. Turns out that it's being reported, as Shira teased, it's rumored, according to The Hollywood Reporter, that Lady Gaga might be playing Harley Quinn in the new Joker film. And guess what? It's going to be a musical, reportedly. She'll be starring opposite Joaquin Phoenix, if this is true. How are you feeling about this, Shira? Well, what happened to Margot Robbie? Because she doesn't sing. Well, yeah, maybe that's what it is. I mean, this is a Todd Phillips one, so it's not like they're trying to get Harley Quinn for Harley Quinn of the other movies that Harley Quinn is, right? Because there's like the whole Harley Quinn series that Margot Robbie plays, right? Or no? Well, she only did one. That was for Birds of Prey. So that was one spinoff. Okay, so she did that spinoff. It was Birds yeah, of Prey. It yeah. makes sense. I, I'd be down to see Lady Gaga play this. I don't know if I'm interested. You're not going to catch me in the theater watching a Joker musical. No, I. This is something sorry. I would watch probably on an airplane. No, I wouldn't or maybe even do on the that. Weekend, Hi. And listen, I love Stephanie Germanata just as much as the next Channel Q listener, but I'm not interested in seeing this. You're I'm sitting right next to her. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, if Gaga was reprising her role as the Countess, 
And from American Horror Story, I'd watch that. That stuff is too dark but... for me. That stuff gave, gave me nightmares. Okay, Shira. No, it was really that terrifying. Was a, that was some of her best work. It was, it was good. And I love Gaga's singing. I love Gaga's acting. Totally. I'm just not interested in this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 